Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051, 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Each one of us has sinned, and it was so personal. It was so personal. We felt personally ashamed for what we did. We felt personally guilty for what we did. We felt personally dirty for what we did. And oftentimes those sins are so personal, we don't want anybody else to know about it. Bible says covering the sins, you won't prosper. And so we make them secret sins, personal, private, just for, for us. When it says in Hebrews 1.3, that he by himself purged our sins, and then in 1 Peter 1.24, his own, who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, it was so personal to him. Oh, the personalness of all this. Our sins were so personal to us, the purging of our sins was so personal to him. And the purging of our sins by himself is not all that's described as so personal to the Lord Jesus Christ. Because these phrase, by himself, but now we're really honed in on his own, his own. Those two words, remember, every word important. His own. That's used in Revelation 1.5. Revelation 1.5 speaks about the Lord Jesus Christ as who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead and the prince of the kings of the earth. Again, build up, build up, build up. Now, unto him who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood in his own blood. You know, not only did he purge our sins by himself, but then he washed us from our sins in his own blood. You know, that verse could have been written differently. It could have been written something like, he washed us from our sins. Okay, all right. But it's not written like that. Because this verse, when it's written, he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Those Those two words, his own, are important because they're emphasizing how personal our cleansing was for him. Our cleansing from our sins was personal to him, that he washed us from our sins in his own blood. Very personal. It's very personal when one person washes another person. It's very personal. I know. My wife used to never want me to wash her feet because she said her feet were stinky. So she never wanted me to wash her feet. It's personal. It's personal. It's private. Okay. You know, Anyway, but the Lord Jesus Christ, it's exactly what he did. Exactly what he did. Sticky feet and all. In John 13, 4, John 13, 4, he rises from supper, laid aside his garments, took a towel, girded himself, and after that he poured a basin, poured water into a basin, he began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel wherewith he was girded. It was very personal to the Lord Jesus to wash the disciples' feet. 
He washed it with his own hands, and it was very personal to the Lord Jesus to wash us from our sins. He washed us in his own blood, and we're told why. Why did he do that? Why did he do that? We're told in Titus 2. Titus 2.13. Titus 2.13 says, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify unto himself a peculiar people's else of good works. See, when this verse says that the Lord Jesus Christ purified unto himself a peculiar people, it's telling us he cleansed us so that he could present us to himself as a clean bride. He wants to present to himself a clean bride, a cleansed bride. So he purifies us with his own blood. See, these words, with his own, they're also used, they're also used, his own is also used in Acts 20, 28. Acts 20, 28, where we read, take heed, therefore, unto yourselves and to all the flock over the which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God, which he hath purchased with his own blood. Not only did he himself purge our sins, not only did he wash us from our sins in his own blood, but he purchased us with his own blood. Again, the verse could have been written, the church of God which he hath purchased. It doesn't say that. And every word's important. It says the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. Again shows us how personal the redemption was to him that he purchased us with his own blood. By the way, if it had been written, and it could have been, but it wasn't, is the church of God which he has purchased. Who purchased the church of God? God did. The church of God which he hath purchased. The church of God which God hath purchased. But it goes on, when it says, the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood, it's really saying, the church of God that God purchased with God's own blood. Wow. A statement in the Bible so clear as to say, the blood of the cross was the blood of God. It was the blood of God. You don't think that's monumental? Go tell the Jewish people that. God, God's blood, God's own blood is so precious. It says in 1 Peter 1.18, 1 Peter 1.18, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. So the first description of what it means when the Lord Jesus Christ by himself Purged our sins from John 1 29, where it says, He took away or He carried them away. This is interesting because when it talks about He carried them away, we got to go back and think about Samson. Samson, very colorful character. But Samson, what did he do to those doors of the gates that shut him in and locked him in to the city of the Philistines? Never mind what he was doing in the city of the Philistines in the first place. But the point is, he was in the city of the Philistines. And those doors blocked him from leaving. And what did he do? Judges 16.3. Judges 16.3. Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with them, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of the hill that's before Hebron. Oh, man. So that was something. Anyway, go back. Samson's now in the city. He looks at those doors 
that stand as an obstacle, blocking him, and he wants to get out. So what does he do? He takes the doors and the posts that they're attached to, pulls them up out of the ground, and puts them on his shoulders and carries them away. That's a picture of what the Lord Jesus Christ did when he purged our sins, took them away. Just like Samson, the Lord Jesus Christ looked at the sins, our sins, and they stood as an obstacle. They blocked us from coming to him. They blocked us from coming to God. So just like Samson, the Lord Jesus Christ takes our sins, puts them on his shoulders, carries them away. That's what's meant by John 1.29 when it says, Behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sins of the world. That's what's meant in Hebrews 1.3 as part of when he had by himself purged our sins. This is the first description of how personally he purged our sins by carrying them away. Now the second description of what it meant for the Lord Jesus Christ to purge our sins is found in Colossians 2.14. Colossians 2.14. There we read that the Lord Jesus Christ blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way. He took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. So this is the second description of what it means when he by himself purged our sins. He took it out of the way. You know, when the Bible says here in Colossians 2.14 that he took it out of the way, it's very graphic because, again, you know, it's the idea that our sins are standing in the way between us and God. Just like my friend was, he likes to hunt, so he was driving up to Laguna Mountain with his bow and arrow, he does that, in the morning, and a big boulder had rolled down on Sunrise Highway there, blocked the way, the big boulder, and he couldn't go forward. And the police came by and said, well, you're lucky the other car who did go forward and that another boulder rolled on its car. But anyway, here was this boulder in the road. It was an obstacle that needed to be taken out of the way, out of the way. And we had every desire to come to God, but our sins, like a giant boulder, stood in the road. And we were frustrated because we couldn't move the boulder, we couldn't move the obstacle, and just like we would have had to wait for the big tractor to come and take the boulder out of the way, we had to wait for the Lord Jesus to take our sins out of the way. Just like the scene that we see there in the book of Revelation where no one's able to open the seals of this book. Everybody's waiting in Revelation 5.2, Revelation 5.2, where it says, I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who's worthy to open the book and to loose the seals thereof? No man in heaven nor on earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, weep not, behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of of David hath prevailed to open the book and to loose the seven seals thereof. So when it came to removing the obstacle of our sins, that was a real weight. Here comes the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lamb of God, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. That's what's meant in Colossians 2.14 when it describes the Lord Jesus Christ took our sins out of the way. But in Colossians 2.14, our sins are called handwriting of ordinances that was against us and that was contrary to us. That's a description of a debt, of a debt. Our sins were debt that we couldn't pay. We couldn't pay this. And in those days, when a debt was paid, they took the bill and they drove a nail through it to indicate, okay, it's been paid. And that's the picture here, that our sins stood as a debt that we couldn't pay. And so on the cross, the bill of our sins, all the list 
of everything we ever did had a nail driven right through them with a statement, paid in full, paid in full. Now, the third description of what it means when it says purged our sins is found in Hebrews 9.26. Hebrews 9.26. Hebrews 9.26 says, For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world, but now once in the end of the world hath he appeared to put away, put away sin by the sacrifice of himself. This is the third description of what it means when he purged our sins. It's the words put away, put away. First one is take away. Next one is out of the way. Now put away. This is an interesting Greek word. It's the word antithesis, antithesis. It's where we get our word antithesis, antithesis. The word antithesis has in the concept, has built within its meaning this idea of being opposed to something. Light is the antithesis of darkness. It means light stands in direct opposition to darkness. There's this real idea of confrontation with antithesis. It's a difference from saying something is the opposite and saying something is standing in opposition to. That's antithesis, standing in opposition to. Antithesis has the idea of standing against or standing up in opposition to. And this is the word that's used in Hebrews 9.26. Hebrews 9.26, which is translated put away. It means the Lord Jesus Christ stands in opposition to our sins. How great is that? How great is that? That's like the picture of the angel that with Balaam, the angel with the sword that was drawn, and he's standing in the way of Balaam and his donkey, and Balaam was on his way to curse Israel, and standing right in his way is this angel with his sword drawn. That's given to us in Numbers 22:23. Numbers 22:23. And the ass saw the angel of the Lord standing in the way and his sword drawn in his hand and the ass turned aside out of the way and went into the field. Just as Balaam was driving his donkey to go to the place to curse Israel so our sins were driving us into the second death, into the second death. What's the first death? It's all about the soul. In the first death, the soul is separated from the body. In the second death, the soul is separated from God, which means hell. Soul is separated from God. That's what our sins were doing. Our sins, they were driving us into hell. And just as the angel appeared with his sword drawn right to oppose Balaam, that's exactly what is being described to us by this Greek word, antithesis, in Hebrews 9.26. So let's just put that meaning into the verse. Let's just plug it right in to Hebrews 9.26 and see it more clearly. Hebrews 9.26. But now... Once in the end of the world hath he appeared to antithesis, stand in opposition to our sins by the sacrifice of himself. Let's put another one on it. Hebrews 9.26. But now, once in the end of this world hath he appeared to antithesis, block the way of our sins by the sacrifice of himself. Let's throw another one in. Hebrews 9.26. But now, once in the end of the world hath he appeared to block the course and consequences of our sin by the sacrifice of himself. Another one, Hebrews 9, 26. Now, once in the end of the world, hath he appeared to take on the fight to take away our sins by the sacrifice of himself. Hallelujah, what a savior. What a savior to do that for us. This is the third description of what it means when the Lord Jesus Christ purged our sins. He stood up in opposition to our sin to block the consequences of our sin. And that's included in this Greek word behind put away our sin. Now, we've seen what's meant by put away 
our sin. And we have an answer now to the question, the big question which the devil always likes to use to plague us, which is, is our sin a great problem? Because, our, yes, our sin is so great. Well, won't our sin separate us from God and send us to hell? And the answer is, our sin is great, but the Lord Jesus Christ is the antithesis of our sin. He stood up in direct opposition to our sins, and he said, I will take you on. I will take you on. And when the Lord Jesus Christ stood up like that in direct opposition to our sins, our sins didn't have a chance. Our sins didn't have a chance. Are our sins great? Yes, but the Lord Jesus Christ is greater. He's greater, and he stands as the great antithesis, the great one standing right in the way of our sins to block them. And that's what's meant in Hebrews 9, 26, when it says, put away sin. When he put away sin, he stood up in opposition to our sins, and he put away the sins by canceling them, by disannulling them, by defeating them by the sacrifice of himself. And again, the fact that Hebrews 9.26 uses that word himself, it shows that how personally he got involved in putting away our sins by standing up in opposition to our sin. This is what gives birth to these hymns like, greater than all our sin, you know, marvelous grace of the loving Lord, grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount are poured, there where the blood of the lamb was spilt. And the other sin, wonderful grace of Jesus. The other hymn, wonderful grace of Jesus. Wonderful grace of Jesus reaching the most defiled, reaching the most defiled. By it, I have been pardoned, saved to the uttermost. And the hymn, oh, for a thousand tongues. He breaks the power of canceled sin. He sets the prisoner free. His blood can make the foulest clean. His blood availed for me. So we've seen what purge means when it says by himself he purged our sins. When it means in Hebrews 1.3, he had by himself purged our sins. Purge our sins means that he took away our sins from John 1.29. He carried them away. Purge our sins means that he took our sins out of the way, Colossians 2.14, Colossians 2.14, by removing them out of the road, out of our way to God, by canceling the debt obligation of our sins, putting a nail right through our debt on the cross. Purge our sins means that he put away our sins by standing up in great opposition as the great person he is to our sins, and through this combat, he disannulled our sins. That's what purge means in Hebrews 1.13, Hebrews 1.13. Now, we saw how the words by himself in Hebrews 1.13 expresses how personal it was to him to purge our sins, but just as our cleansing with his blood was personal to him, just as our redemption with his blood was personal to him, there's something more encompassed in this word by himself. When Hebrews 1.3 says by himself, it means he didn't have anybody to help him. He was all alone. It's bringing out how alone he was. As a matter of fact, to make this more clear, we could insert the word alone. So it could be by himself alone or by his lonesome. He made his decision by himself alone to come to earth and to purge our sins. He didn't have to do it. As he explained to Peter, in Matthew 26, 53, Matthew 26, 53, it was like he was saying, Peter, Peter, hold on, hold on here, put your sword away. Thinkest thou not, thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he shall presently give me more than 12 legions of angels? What is he saying here? He made his decision alone, by himself alone, without any coercion, as he said 
in John 10, 17. John 10, 17. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it again. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. You might as well have just said it like this. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I alone made the decision to lay down my life, that I might take it again. And nobody forced me into it. When he hears the call, who shall we send? He says, here am I, send me. He made his decision himself, by himself, alone, and responded in Psalm 40, verse six. Psalm 40, verse six. He says, sacrifice and offering thou dost not desire. Mine ears hast thou had opened. Burnt offering and sinner offering hast thou not required. Then said I, lo, I come. In the volume of the book it's written of me, I delight to do thy will, O my God. Yea, thy law is within my heart. He purged ourselves, purged our sins. He purged our sins by himself alone. And nowhere do we see this aloneness of it all than when he cries out on the cross in Matthew 27, 46. Matthew 27, 46, about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice saying, Eli, Eli, lama sabachthani, which is to say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? The other thing he did alone, he took a risk. He took a risk. He took the risk of it all by himself alone, of doing something he had never been done before. He entered in with no animal blood, but just his own blood. As it says in Hebrews 9.12, Hebrews 9.12, neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. Now, we have looked at what the Lord Jesus Christ did when he, by himself, purged our sins. We've seen how personally involved the Lord Jesus Christ was with, by himself, purged our sins, and how personally involved he was with cleansing us from our sins in his own blood, and how personally he was involved with purchasing us with his own blood. And we've seen how alone he was in his decision, in his great work of, of the atonement, now we see this, and now it sort of like shifts to us. It shifts to us because now we start to think about this and we just become like overwhelmed with love to him. And we want a way. We want a way to express our love, to express our appreciation to him. And we say, isn't there a place? Isn't there a time for us to return this thanksgiving and love to him for all he's done for us? And the good news is, this is it. There is. This is the place, and this is the time for us to express our love to him. As we now will accept his invitation to come to his table and remember him by taking the elements of communion. Not, not mechanically from the heart. Not like, okay, right now I'm supposed to take the bread or drink. The, okay. No, no, no. But by a heart expression, an expression from our heart to him. You know, we could take the bread and we could just plug in the two words, by himself, his own body. I love you, Lord, because when I take this bread, I'm acknowledging that you, by yourself, purged my sins. I'm going to drink this juice now, and as I do, I'm going to acknowledge that by yourself, you purged my sins by pouring out your blood. By yourself, you purged my sins by your body being broken. I love you. I love you because by yourself, 
You purged my sins when you gave your body to be broken. And I take the bread. I love you because by yourself, you poured out your blood for the remission and purging of our sins. Let's do it. Let's do it. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at the Creation and Earth History Museum in Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for the Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. 